Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Hashtag Clocked In with me, your host, Jordan Edwards. I'm thrilled to have you tune in as we dive into the dynamic world of productivity, success, and stories of incredible individuals who've mastered the art of getting things done. Whether you're commuting, hitting the gym, or just relaxing at home, this podcast is the go-to source for inspiration and actionable tips to level up your productivity game. I'm on a mission to unravel the secrets of those who seem to effortlessly manage their time and achieve their goals. So if you're ready to clock in and unlock your full potential, you're in the right place. We've got a lineup of amazing guests, industry experts, and thought leaders who will share their insights and strategies to help us crush your to-do list and make the most out of every moment. Get ready to get inspired, motivated, and equipped with the tools you need to supercharge your productivity. This is Hashtag Clocked In with Jordan Edwards. Let's dive in. Hey, what's going on, guys? I have a special guest here today. We have Gil Petersill. Gil is a global visionary leader in the world of networking, business strategy, and mastermind methodology. As an international serial entrepreneur, and a global speaker, Gil's passion about adding value and serving others. After living, studying, and working in Israel, Canada, USA, England, Russia, Singapore, and now he's living in Bali. How incredible. He uses broad knowledge of human psychology, creative marketing mindsets, and a multitude of business experiences to help both people and businesses grow with a clear understanding of their milestones lifestyle, environment, and simple motivation strategies. And lastly, Gil has become a successful entrepreneur and co-founded 15 companies, ranging from an organic retail shops and restaurants to mobile apps to the leading speakers bureau. Gil, how are you doing today? Fabulous. You know, coming to you live from Bali, my tropical garden right now is speaking very loudly. I don't know if you guys hear the nature speaking in the background. All the, the, the perfect microphones cannot make this soundtrack go away. So I'm feeling nourished and ready to serve you guys. Absolutely. We're super excited to have you here. So Gil, where does your story start? Where does this journey of yours begin? It, it's interesting to put the question that way because, you know, we all have the stories and our stories, all of our stories begin, I think, when we're born or, we, you know, we look at these different chapters in our lives of what has maybe made us who we are. So being born in Israel, you know, I have this Israeli mentality of perseverance and entrepreneurship and, you know, opinionated uh, man that many Israelis would have. And um, being, growing up, uh, you know, not traditional, but kind of conservative Jewish men, you have some habits and rituals that kind of come to you. But as my story continues and I started moving countries and moving to different schools and changing communities, suddenly different habits and patterns and rituals came into my life. And that story just developed as I went through a lot of successful failures in business. You know, a lot of the business that I set up could have been a success if I gave it more love and attention and focus. They could have been success if I, you know took care of it like a baby instead of like having all these babies running around and you don't give any of those businesses love and attention. It's a big part of my focus is I learned what it means to be an entrepreneur. I've never taught to be an entrepreneur. I've never been taught it in school because school was not really my, um, my forte. I got kicked out of multiple high schools and 
didn't really attend university until my early 30s when I was asked to speak at universities. And then I became a visiting professor for about seven years at many universities around the world. And that was really interesting because, hey, I didn't go to university, guys. You know, I got no degrees and I'm here in front of an you know, MBA class, like really high level people. I'm like, hey, let me talk to you guys about successful failures. Let me talk to you about the arts and sciences of human networking. What does that actually mean for the potential of humans to network better than artificial intelligence does today? Is that potential, does the potential exist? And that's where my story really developed because I went from being an immigrant and an introvert who was not really good at building relationships to someone who started moving countries and moving industries. And I'm like, well, if I'm moving countries and I don't learn how to connect with people, I'll be lonely. I'm not going to have, you know, I don't know if this is G-rated, you know, um, podcast, but when I moved to London and I was 21 years old, I really wanted to have sex. Boom. Sorry, I'm just putting myself out there. And like, hey, I was, and if you're really an introvert and an immigrant, and it's a part of your story. You don't know how to talk to women. And I wanted to learn how to make money. I wanted to learn what it means to have a second income. And if you don't know how to talk to people, then your entrepreneurship, entrepreneurial spirit does not come out. And my, you know, the story just continued that I, I had to kind of adjust and reprogram the patterns that have been given to me of what does it mean to connect and what does it mean to build relationships. And many of us have been told, don't talk to strangers when we were young, but hey, talk to strangers. It's great. Talk to strangers. I teach my kids the, the beauty in talking to strangers and why and in what situations you must talk to a stranger. And my story basically went through the hardship of networking, the hardship of learning how to talk to women, the hardship of learning how to sell myself to someone. And in the last you know, eight, nine years, I've been, have, I've been very fortunate to be able to offer it to others, serve others. And I, I've managed to get to the top of my mentors and I started serving people like Tony Robbins and Eckhart Tolle and Jay Abraham, people that I really looked up to. And within, within you know, a very short period of time, I became business partners with them, a promoter for them. And I started hosting events for them because I understood, hey, if I'm not so good at networking, let me go after people who are really good at like a magnet. They're really good at attracting people. And if I'm standing next to them, people will come our way. So I started finding out hacks. These hacks that are literally in the matrix, hacks in the network of how people connect and how we can build a business or how we can attract investments or how we can surround ourselves with brand new friends in a new country or new mentors and new business. And through that journey, it's been great to be able to serve my biggest teachers and set up different businesses. And I have three amazing kids and, you know, I've been doing business with my wife now for 10 years and that, that journey just continues. And the story is what I call a passionate adventure story. That's absolutely incredible. I, I love how uh, your travel allowed you to gain different perspectives and the struggles that you went through opened up, not just, hey, I'm here and I'm struggling right now, but it's, this is going to change and I'm going to make the change. So what are some of these habits that you built that allowed you to become the individual and the man you are today? So, you know, the habits are, are when people ask me what is networking uh, and because networking to me is, is so complex. It's not as simple as building relationships. It's not as simple as following up. It's not as simple as how you brand yourself online. It's not. But networking could be seen as a set of tools and habits 
that you could choose to practice with every single day. Very simple. And it is really that. And so there isn't one or two great habits that I use today that many of you would want to start using tomorrow. But I can tell you about some of the habits that I played with early, uh, earlier in the days and some of the habits that I have learned that you can master. What does it mean to follow up with a human being? You know, in North America, in the Western world, following up is sending another email. Like following up is such a powerful aspect of humanity and how we network. And if I look at how nature follows up with each other, you know, I have a massive edible garden here. One of the gifts of, that COVID gave me, it gave me some time and I did some research and what does it mean to have an edible garden? And no, I didn't become a farmer, but I found some gardeners and got them some mentors and I wanted to plant a lot of edible stuff in my backyard from papayas and berries to guta cola and curry leaves, you know? little bit of everything, different spinaches that my kids can eat. The way nature works, the way nature networks, it networks underground. You plant something in the ground, nature starts getting its roots out there, not to just hold itself, but to connect with other roots. It starts to intertwine it. It's basically saying, hey, who's got my back? If I don't see the sun, but that tree sees the sun, that I can connect with that tree underground and that tree can come towards me. The energy can come towards me. We are the same thing as humans. So as humans, some of those habits, I would say, would come usually on three different levels. The mindset. Do I have a complementary mindset? Do I like people? Like if I meet someone, does it take me a very long time to like them and trust them? Or can I come up with a default of giving people the benefit of the, of the doubt? Liking them right away. Looking for something I like about them. Listing, wow, I like this, 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 this about this person before I start criticizing them and what I don't like about them and why they look weird or they have something green in their teeth, you know? And we do that as humans. We protect ourselves. We come up with reasons why this stranger is still a stranger and how they need to cross the desert to get to me so I can trust them. Why they need to cross a battlefield for me to open up my heart to appreciate or care about them. But for me, I've learned that I'd rather just have my heart open and see what happens. And it's great. And yeah, your heart can get hurt along the way. And you can, excuse my language, you can get screwed over along the way. And people could deceive you and people can let you down. But you know, there's 8 billion people in the world. So I'm not asking to network with 8 billion people, but consider the mindset with networking with people. It's one of the greatest habits to constantly develop. Having a, how can I help you mindset? Or what do I love about this person? Five things I love about this person before anything is, ne- is wrong with them. You know, just little habits of mindset. The second one is the curious mindset, Jordan. And this is what I like about guys like yourself. You're a very curious person. You have a podcast. You love asking people questions. It's wonderful. You know, it's great. It's something I admire so much in people. And it's actually such a beautiful human attribute. And it's so great to teach kids this. If you guys are listening, have kids, teach your kids how to ask questions. It's wonderful. One of the worst things parents do to kids, the kids, it's like, stop asking me why. Stop asking me questions. Oh, let them. And I do that with my kids sometimes. Like, to annoy them back, I'm like, why did you do that? Okay, and why? But why did you choose to do this? And why did you do this? And I'll, 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 I'll get their mind to understand that there's so much depth to everything they do. And my kids are young. I have a two-year-old, four-year-old, and six-year-old. You know, oh, wow. so, yeah, it's like I'm, I'm at that early stage. We, we just got them out, and now we're taking a break, and then we want to have some more kids but in the the meantime we got a couple of cats and getting a dog soon you know taking that kind of animal break and 
what I want you guys to consider that curiosity mindset is to always be ready with some really good questions to ask people. Like Jordan asked me, what's my story? Or asking people, what's the most exciting thing you're working on right now? Or what sort of project gets you up in the morning with, more, with motivation? Or asking people questions like, you know, why did you choose to get into this line of work? You know, uh, what's the, what, what, what passion project do you have outside of your job? Such questions would get people's heart opening, would get people to talk a little bit more. And this is something I figured out, not on my own, ladies and gentlemen, I'll be very honest. I figured out those hacks because I needed those hacks when I went on dates. When I went on dates in the beginning and my, my, you know, my teens kind of went out, 18, 19 is when I started doing online dating. And it was really interesting. I was living in Toronto, Canada at the time and I was brand new in Toronto. And I was like, I had a job and I didn't know anyone, no friends, no social media. How do you make friends back then? Like, you know, I'm 43 years old. This is 25 years ago. How, how do you make friends before social media? Not a lot of events, you know, speed dating, online dating. You know, I did that. I might as well meet women. And I figured out that if you only have five minutes with a woman in speed dating and you have like all these women sitting around and you have to move from one to the other, then you need to ask some really powerful questions in the beginning to get her talking. And, and that was really important. And I used to literally bring cheat cheats with me. Like literally, I used to have a piece of paper. I used to go on like before Google and look, do my research on like top 10 questions to ask women. It's like really, really, like seriously, I was so bad at this. Remember, English is my third language. I'm an introvert immigrant. So I was like, you know, not anywhere close to the confidence that I have today. So curiosity is important. Come ready with questions. If you're going to go to an interview, if you're going to meet with your mentor, if you're going to meet with some investors, come ready with some questions. And today, Google will give you that. You go on Google, you type top 10 questions to ask an investor, top 10 questions to ask my clients to build trust, top 10 questions not to ask women, and literally practice those and learn those. And after a while, your brain will start being, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I, I know how to ask questions because the only people that truly learn how to ask questions are people that go to journalism school. They literally study how to ask humans questions. Most of us don't. Imagine that class in school that we're all missing, developing our curious mindset. So that's the second most important habit that continuously could improve. It can continuously be worked out like a muscle. And the third one, which I love the most, is the follow-up methodology. Now I'm, I'm writing another book called The Follow-Up Code. Uh, there's a lot of depth and spiritual depth, uh, depth and, and, you know, and how we could um, uh, develop the way we follow up with a human being. Again, going back to nature, a beautiful piece of, uh, you know, a, a vegetable that's growing in someone's backyard. Unless someone follows up with that vegetable, it's not going to grow in a very happy way. Someone needs to go and put fertilizer and clean the snails from around it. Someone needs to water it if it's not raining. Someone needs to make sure that the big leaves around it from other plants don't cover it too much so that it has sun. The same thing with our network. Our network needs nurturing. It needs to be followed up on. It needs to be, be recommended a book. It needs to be introduced to another human being. You need to invite people to events, either at your home or someone else's home. There are so many things we could do in order to follow up with someone before we could say, hey, I can pick a fruit out of my plant. And so many humans do that. They meet someone and the next day they send a proposal. They just met someone, they're already selling. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You've just planted this seed. You've just met this person. The relation has just started. Why are you already reaping the fruits? You haven't invested anything. Invest a little bit of time. 
You know, the, the, the best example I like to give people is one of my favorite plants. I don't know if you're a fan of the bamboo. Are you a fan of the bamboo plant, Jordan? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the bamboo plant, they have 14 income streams because oh, the wow. bamboo plant, yeah, bamboo is an amazing business, amazing. So if you ever want to buy like the best bed sheets ever, bamboo, forget satin, yeah. forget silk, bamboo. Oh my God, it's so good for your body. Baby clothing, if you want to buy clothes for babies, look for bamboo clothing. Oh my God, it's so good for their skin. It's so healthy. I got bamboos growing in my backyard. If you plant a bamboo plant in the ground, you need to wait four to five years oh, wow. until one green leaf shows up out of the ground. One green leaf. Four to five years of nurturing that ground, not touching it, not disturbing it, until a leaf comes out. And then within two weeks, it shoots up maybe 10, 20 meters. And I think relationships should be in more harmony in order for us to dedicate time a little bit, not four or five years. Sometimes you might need that much time, but dedicate time. So that's the other habit of following up. You know, why it's good to follow up and how to follow up and where to follow up and practice it. These are good habits. Yeah, I was, that's impressive. I, I love the mindset. Like the first one where you talked about mindset and it's, you have to be open to new people and you have to be receptive because if we're not, then, you, then you're already closed off to start with. And I think a lot of people don't even think about that. Like, it, you don't even have the mindset. Like, for me, for example, if I didn't have this podcast, this podcast forces me to meet new people. So I'm constantly looking for someone who's interesting or out there. But if you're not setting up an environment like that where it's, it's a win-win for both and it's easy to meet new people it can be difficult. And I see a lot of people sitting in their same circles and they go, that's a stranger. I don't associate with them. And it's, they could be a new friend. They could be a stranger or a new friend, either or. Um, then the second thing you talked about is the curious mindset. I think when we put the spotlight on the other person, it allows for so much energy. They feel listened to so much power for them to feel accepted. And for them to feel grateful for what's going on. And that is, it's a very powerful tool because a lot of conversations we have, I'll go, Gil, Gil was saying how he's from Israel. I could just go, I'm Jewish too. And it just ruins the conversation because it doesn't let Gil flow. It doesn't let everybody flow in what's occurring. And the last thing, the follow-up, where you have to give space, you have to give people time and you have to connect with them on an actual level instead of, Hey Gil, let's try to make money together. It's very different. Um, but I think that's really awesome approach. So with that, how how do, were you able to what are what are some of the follow-up methods that you use instead of like you find the relationship, you look for it? What what is like you're interested in speaking with that person? Like the Tony Robbins group, for example, what was what's the strategy or what's the like how does that work? How much time do you give? What's the, what's the thought process behind that? Yeah, it's, it's a really great question. It's a, I'm going to do my best to simplify it because the way I'm, I'm in an advanced class of networking, I'll say that, you know, because I've been studying this so much, I've realized the, the real, you know, how deep um, human frequencies and the vibrations that we have and what, what, what levels of networking could be truly um, have between us as humans and majority of people that I've ever met in my life um, have no 
you know, understanding of what I'm talking about. And, you know, they, they don't understand that humans, animals and plants um, vibrate in very, very specific and different ways, which is why we get along with, with, with dolphins and horses and why they say that you need to be calm if you're riding a horse because the horse can really, truly feel it. But what does it mean that he could feel me? Like what? Like because I'm sitting on him, so he feels the energy from my balls to his back? No, it's the vibrations that we have. And we have these frequencies that go through us. And, and that's why we like people like having, why do people like having nature in their home or around their home? There's a reason, a very deep, deep reason there. And utilizing this understanding, I've been able to build relationships with people that would usually be, you know, out of reach. You know, so how do you get to show up in front of Richard Branson and within a minute find a way to exchange business cards with him and be the only one in the room that gets a photo? You know, how do you how do you make it into the backstage room with Tony Robbins and not just for a minute like everyone else gets, but five minutes because you 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 do your research and you network with Tony's family members and and and, and employees before you network with Tony. So the question you asked me with Tony, for example, so with Tony, the, the story is, 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 is simple and it's beautiful and it's romantic and it's a fairy tale and it's a hero's journey and it's everything. I'll give you the short version because in, 20, in 2013, my wife and I, we had all these different businesses and we, we found ourselves to be in a position where we're kind of, we're trying to scale too quickly and we're not listening to enough, uh, enough mentors and we're kind of in a position where like, whoa, we're burning out a little bit. And we really seriously need some help because it's doing or we were doing like hundreds of events and this and this and this. And then someone said, you need like a good coach. Go see Tony Robbins. I'm like, yeah, I know, Tony. Of course, I've been listening to his CDs all these years. You know, I'm a fan. But, you know, his event is in London. We were in Moscow at the time. It's expensive. It's like a thousand dollars an event, you know. And this goes back, you know, 10 years. So back at that stage where I'm a young entrepreneur at, at 33, with multiple businesses that all need resources. So it's not like I have an extra thousand dollars for me and my wife for a ticket for an event and the flights and the hotel and taking suddenly a week off and going to Tony Robbins event. You need like 10,000 bucks. And yeah. it's not like I had an extra $10,000 around just sitting there. <laughs> and and, and the, the story, you know, the, the long, the short story, I'm going to do my best to give it in a short way, was that through the networks, I found a friend who knew someone who works for Tony's biggest promoter and they connected us and the promoter said, Hey, we've never had groups coming in from Russia. We've had groups coming in from all over. If you could bring a group of 20 people, your wife and yourself can come in for free as promoters. We're like, okay, whoa, okay. This is interesting here. What do you mean? I just hacked the system. Like I just found a way to save that. And I'm like, hold on, let me do the calculations. What if I bring 25 people? He's like, well, if you bring 25 people, I'll also give you commissions. I'm like, whoa, I just found a way that I can have enough money to pay for the flights and the hotels and everything I need and go for free to an event and not go alone to the event. And as an introvert, guys, this is a really good hack. If you go to really important events, try not to go alone sometimes. It's really cool if you have a few friends. It's like you have an entourage with you. I love the entourage experience. It's a program that I have taking people to Dubai or to, to Davos or to some of the greatest events in the world. We go together. Yeah. And, you know, that's how we, we ended up showing up at the first Tony Robbins event. You know, I didn't get to meet Tony that year. 
I only got to meet, to meet him the year after, but it was for a very quick meeting. But my, my trick for that is that during that event, the second event that I went to, we came back to Tony's event with 200 people. Just so you oh, know, wow. guys, we took it seriously. Yeah. So when we came back with 200 people, his team was very impressed with us. And what I did is I gave focus to network with his team. I gave focus to network with his network. So that on the fifth day of this event, when I finally met up with Tony, he's like, oh, you're Gil Peterson. My, 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 my team has been talking a lot about you. I'm like, yes mission accomplished and this is something you could do a lot with networking you don't always have to go after your target go after their network sometimes it's easier a lot of people come to me and say gil i want to meet elon musk i want to get investments from him like well elon musk is probably not gonna meet you right away and he's probably not gonna be the one that deciding right away if he's gonna give you an investment why not go for a different lower hanging fruit can we see who his, his investment committee is? Can we find out who's his assistant? You know, can we find out who's around him? That's an easier reach. It's easier to reach them. It's easier to meet them at events. It's easier to find out who they are. It's easy to pick up the phone and literally talk to them or find them on LinkedIn and then build a relationship with them. And then through the power of networking like nature, a branch could be built to be introduced to the person you want to meet. And that, for me, was the most powerful thing, because when I did meet up Tony Robbins that time, I was brought into him. So most people would stand in line and would meet up Tony, and security would bring them in. And like you literally have like 20 seconds, photo, hello, yes, it gives you a hug, and person is out. And that's like most people that would show up at an event, they're like VVIPs, they're, like, they're part of this platinum group, they're paying like $100,000 a year or something, you know? And I didn't have $100,000 a year to pay. But, you know, I was a young promoter. I was the smallest promoter he had. So the big promoters would get more time. But the person who brought me in to see Tony was his brother-in-law. Wow. Because his brother-in-law was the one that was standing out there as a representative of the company. So it's easier to talk to him. It's easier to start a relationship with him if you understand how to network at that level. And I found, and I had four days. This is a four-day event. So I had four days every day to network with his brother-in-law a little bit, thinking on the fifth day, he's my in. He's the guy. And I don't even want to ask him. I want to find a way for him to say, hey, Gil, have you taken a picture? Oh, you haven't. Let me take you to Tony. (laughs) Nice. That was the objective. Yeah. So sometimes, guys, you know, when you give yourself a networking strategy, feel free to write it down. And then ask yourself, is there an iteration? Is there a pivot that I can make? How can I do it differently? Because the way we all network today to meet a celebrity, to find a loved one, to find an investor is based on whatever program we've been given. We've not been taught how to network. We've modeled other people. And I guarantee you, everyone who's listening, majority of the people you've modeled in networking are pretty bad at networking. You know, oh my goodness. Majority of humans are pretty bad at it. You know, like on my best, best day, my best, craziest day when I'm in my peak state and everything is perfect and my networking angels are working with me and my team is around, everything is just perfect. I would rank myself a six, maybe a six and a half out of 10. And I've been on the cover of magazines as a global networking guru, many covers. 
So the average human being that I meet is maybe a one or two out of 10. And that's amazing news because I'm like, guys, this is so exciting. Imagine what happens if you go to a three. Imagine, imagine the exponential growth you have if you go to a four and you could learn how to do that and how to scale your business to a new country easily, how to attract brand new investors, how to not look for individual clients, but find a whole community of people. And everyone in that community is an exact client avatar of who you're looking for. So you cross-pollinate. Networking becomes a lot of life hacks, basically. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing that story about Tony because it's so true. The main person that you're going after is going to get approached by, I don't know, especially if they're speaking from a stage in authoritative place, they're going to get approached so much more. So if you can know who's on their team or their assistant, like Gil's saying, it opens up a lot of avenues because it allows us to really have that conversation with them. And the other thing, Gil, that you brought up that was super interesting is that they presented to you, hey, can you bring 20 people to a Tony Robbins event? You've never gone. How'd you get, you bring 25 people, you've never gone. And you took that as an opportunity as I can do this. Let's do this. And you're going from Moscow, Russia, and you bring over 200 the next year. Like that's absolutely incredible. What, what for you caused you to realize that you had to take this opportunity seriously? Because I feel like the audience and people listening have opportunities that are presented them to them all the time. But they go, that's impossible. I can never do that. What What do you think's allowed you to go? I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the this opportunity. It's such a good question. You know, thank you for that, Jordan. It's um, so it wasn't the first opportunity that was presented to me in life. So first of all, you know, I'm uh, I, I have a program called op- How to Become an Opportunity Magnet, and, and I think it's it's a it's a really really a special ability that anyone can turn on. People could turn on their magnet. It's really cool. People like Tony and people like, you know, Jay Abraham and a lot of these celebrities that are beautiful and charming and inspiring. They're magnets. They're magnets for other human beings. Like Tony puts together an event, boom, 10,000 people show up, you know, and pay $1,000 each or $3,000 each. Guys, it's a not easy thing to do, you know? Not And musicians do that, but musicians would charge a lot less. Musicians would charge like, a hundred bucks a ticket, but 10,000, a hundred thousand people would show up. That, that's a magnet. That person decided that they have a talent they want to share with the world. And I believe that we all have talents. We all have magic powers. We all have talents. We all have, you can call them superpowers, you know, we all have them. Uh, what's important is to recognize that maybe we don't know what they are. So we got to practice. We got to ask people. We got to go to workshops. We got to go to some seminars. We got to definitely work with a coach. You know, I love working with a coach. That's what inspired me to become a coach. That I've worked with coaches. I've worked with mentors. And today, I could spend 50% of my time serving others, helping others with hacks and support. And Because networking is basically a, a tools that are used in strategy, either in life or in business. Yeah, that, that's all networking. It's a hack to grow the company faster, to stabilize the internal harmony of a team. You can have internal networking strategies in a company. So you can bring in masterminds or master heart sessions. You can create brain trusts above companies. It's something I learned from, 
from Jay Abraham. You can create a co-elevation philosophy in your team, something like Keith Ferrazzi, who wrote the book, Never Eat Alone. You know, he coined co-elevations, like, you know, who's, go, who's around you? Who's got your back that you can kind of help them step up in life? And finding that motivation to step up is something that we all have inside us. Um, ideally, again, using powers of networking, what I, I kind of suggest people to do is to just identify maybe three or five people that are standing a few steps ahead of you. People that are just ahead of you a little bit. So if you're currently a coach, or you're an entrepreneur, you, you can, you know, be inspired by Richard Branson, by Tony Robbins. Sure. But you can also be inspired by someone else. You know, uh, 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 you know, this guy who lives around the corner from you or this guy you watched on YouTube. And they don't have millions of followers but they're five steps ahead of you. They're, they have a bigger team a little bit than you. They're doing a little bit more than you. And anyone could do that. Like with a podcast, maybe you got like, you know, a hundred podcasts that you've done. Follow someone that has three, 400 podcasts and is at a different level. And we start to model them. What many of us do is we model our immediate network. We model the people around us. We model our friends and family. And that's a mistake. We need to model people that we want to become like, you know, so we need to, adjust our network. And it's one of the greatest things I do with my clients. And we do this regularly every three months. We try to do this and we do a networking audit. We do a literal audit of who, who's in your network right now and why are they there? Like, how, how do you build relationship with these people? And are they entrepreneurs? Are they corporate workers? Not that there's anything wrong with a corporate worker, but if you really want to become an entrepreneur and everyone in your family and friends are, are corporate people, not going to work out, you know, it's, it's not. And I was in that situation where, you know, it, for most of my life, I, I was, I had different jobs, but it wasn't really corporation. It was more, I was working for cool entrepreneurs until the age of 33. I was working with really cool entrepreneurs because I wanted to model them, but always from the age of 14 on the side, I always had side hustles, side gigs. I was always like, how do I make money here? Selling hats, selling jewelry, having this little thing in the market, doing that, doing like having two jobs at the same time, you know? Oh, I, I wanted to do that because I understood that, you know, life is short and how am I going to figure out what it is that I want to do unless I try many things and I try to fail at them or, you know, I kind of, I'm, I'm not too worried about failing too much in life these days. You know, I don't want to fail big, yeah. but you don't have to fail big anymore. And for me, it became all about proximity and how do I adjust the network that's around me? That's really, really important. It allowed me to also understand that if I want to, I can create space and distance from some people in my network. So you can actually have real distance. You move countries, you move cities, you know, real distance, or you just talk to them less. You, you call them less. You answer them less. You send voice messages. And when I was 33 and I wanted to fully leave all of my jobs, my family took it really bad. They really took it bad because my mom has had jobs most of her life. And my dad had one main entrepreneurial opportunity in his life. And, and you know, quite a few years ago, it, it, it stressed him out too much. He ended up taking a lot of loans, ended up going bankrupt, getting a divorce, getting a stroke, you know. So in my family and my brother, you know, 20 years in IBM, my, my sister also a long time in a real estate company. All of them are like, no, you're leaving a job. You're leaving a comfort zone. Oh, uh, no, like, you know, get a job. No, no. So I just, I stopped networking with them as much. Literally, I, I called them less. I left my mom video, video messages instead of calling her. 
You know, I just kind of created a little bit of space. And it's only years later that I told you, remember that time when I was just almost not calling you at all? That was reasons. I needed to network with people who were entrepreneurs, who believed in me, who believed in dreams, who believed in maybe failing. And that was really important for me. And that's what I tell people, just really adjust your network, go through the uncomfortable you know, process of building your network. Yeah, I love the intentionality that you're talking about with the network because if we sit there and aimlessly make, make friends, that's one thing. But if we have a goal and we have to look forward, and a lot of these people you're talking about, Gail, are the neighbor, like they're very close and easy to get in proximity to the ones who are a couple steps ahead of us, but no one, everyone wants, Oh, can I get Kevin Hart on? Or can I get Joe Rogan on? And it's, they're getting pulled in a million different directions. If you can find these people, they will give you everything because they're grateful that you're here to learn from them. And they don't have that opportunity presented them too often. So they're like, Absolutely. I'd love to help. Now, I know we're going to hit the Q&A in about two, three minutes, four minutes. One thing I wanted to ask about was you're going in January to Davos. What, what is Davos? How do you even get invited to Davos? How does that even work? And what, what's drawing you back there? Yeah. So, you know, Davos is um... A mystery for many, but in January, it's interesting how January turns around. Let me just show you. Though. January starts for me on a tiny remote island about an hour outside of Bali that you can literally walk around the whole island on the shore in less than 45 minutes. Oh, so wow. I'm going there with my kids and another 15 families, and that's how we're starting January. Less than a week later, I'm stepping into what's called the dark retreat. You know, I'm literally going to be in the dark, complete pitch dark in a small room for five days uh, with no other interaction with other human beings. Of course, no phones, no nothing. And that's scary for me. I've never done it before. I'm actually scared. But I think that in the world of networking, it sits on the top fears. But I think it would also bring me to the, the deepest parts of networking, networking with myself more than networking with others. And that's a very powerful way to start the year. And a week later, I'm heading to Davos. I'm heading to the Switzerland. To I'm not actually attending the World Economic Forum because it's a lot of political yeah. stuff that I have no interest in. But most people don't know that around the World Economic Forum in Davos, which is just basically a small village, a ski resort in, in Switzerland, um, there's about 400 to 500 side events that happen oh, wow. in, in, in one week. And what most people don't know you don't really need to get an invite. You can kind of get invited. You know, it, it's, it's really interesting. So I just did my research and I started like reaching out and seeing how many invites I can get. And I was like, wow. And, and you know, in May, it happened this year, it happened in May. In May this year, I managed to actually get invites to over 300 plus events. And of course, I didn't attend all of those, but it would give me a, a choice to then say, well, I can share these invites with maybe a few other people. And I, ha I, have my, I had my Davos entourage experience, a group of people that came with me under my wings. And I was like, I could share that with you guys. And many of these invites, I, we actually have the passwords to actually get registrations for them. And we, we found out that we can actually get to know the organizer. And the organizer said, yes, 
we're looking for a few more people. If you want to invite five more people, it's completely okay, as long as they fit this criteria. And I said, well, I am the networking expert. I would never bring someone who doesn't fit. I'm very respectful to event organizers. Again, I've organized over a thousand events in our business. We've done events all over the world. So I respect an organizer who knows who they want to attract. And I'm like, hey, I'm a network magnet. You want to attract this kind of a person? Let me look at my network and bring you that kind of a person. And it's really wonderful because that was that then becomes one of the greatest networking week in the world. It's definitely the most expensive set of networking events in the world. Um, it's definitely some of the highest level, you know, presidents and royalty and billionaires and family offices show up, but also a lot of amazing entrepreneurs show up. And with most people, it's easy to talk to because you have like food and bars set up everywhere, but most of them are free because they're inside different what's called houses. And houses is just basically a converted restaurant that became the Greek house, a converted hotel that became the, the, the Qatar house. They, they basically convert any shop, any retail outlet on the Davos main street into a country house, into the Google house, into the Meta house. And each one of them has different events that take place in there. It's different gatherings, different events, breakfast, lunch, and dinner is served in all of these houses. So you can pretty much get food for free all day long. It, it, it's really great to show up with a group uh, because then you're not overwhelmed by which events to go to. And what I love the most about our entourage experience is that we're very focused on making introductions for each other. So you don't have to walk into the event and start introducing yourself. Somebody, one or two people in the group will be constantly introducing you and basically lifting up a little bit your ego and lifting up your confidence. And suddenly you're being introduced to people in the greatest way possible that you probably cannot even introduce yourself. So that was this highly, highly recommended experience for anyone who's an entrepreneur who wants to network at the highest level, anyone who's maybe a philanthropist that wants to look for more impact, um, anyone that wants to know really what's going on in the world. Um, you know, as they say, you know, I think it's a Western thing from the horse's mouth. You don't want to wait until the media speaks about it and it's diluted. You want to talk to the people right now. You want to talk to heads of states or heads of companies uh, because you're interested or you just want to be there and listen and maybe take a photo with someone famous. Awesome. And that is one of my favorite things about Gil is that if there's an opportunity, he goes out there and does it for himself, experiences it himself in the country or the location or the event that it is. And he'll come back with his own opinions instead of waiting for it to come out in the news. Because there's so often where we're like, we'll hear about a war or we'll hear about some problems going on in the world. And we judge that, but you've never been there. So you have no idea. And if you're, if you haven't been there, then maybe you could ask someone who has been there, but it's just that kind of opening. And I love how you explained about Davos because that is, sounds like an incredible experience and I'd love to go. Um, so now we're going to kick it over to the Q and a, if anyone has a question, just raise their hand or write it in the group, or if you can unmute yourself. Anybody? Anything? Gil covered a lot of interesting stuff. And I'd love yeah, to- I try, I try to be broad, and I try to kind of be general with answers and go deeper. Oh, here's Delaney. Delaney's ready. 
Yeah. So I just had a question um, for Gil um, in regards to that event, the Duvos event. It's very interesting. So you just go to like a room is by yourself just to explore, you know, yourself and I guess work on yourself. Is that what that is? I think you're um, combining two events. Yeah, you're maybe combining different events. So I, I, oh. I've been in the in, in the world of personal development for a, a lot of years. So I've attended some of the greatest personal development events from spirituality and tantra and, and business and, and, and self-motivation with all the greatest speakers in the world. And I can recommend a lot of amazing uh, speakers, again, from Tony Robbins and Eckhart Tolle all the way to Mind Valley. I'm heading to the Mind Valley event in Dubai in February. If some of you want to come with us, we're having a really cool mastermind that I'm facilitating. I've, I'm the one that facilitated the first mastermind ever of, of Mind Valley a few years back. And that created a movement of how deep people can actually start connecting at, at great events. Uh, Davos itself, so Davos is a village in Switzerland that is uh, hosting the World Economic Forum for more than 50 years. Uh, I think 50 years, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, and what's been going on there is some of the greatest world leaders, uh, business leaders from around the world show up. And if you're in a business that's currently growing, or if you want to meet some of the biggest business people in the world, and, and you're in a place where you want to um, connect or attract money or just, you know, climb, climb up to the top of Mount Everest in the world of networking, um, personal suggestion, Davos, uh, middle of January, Davos is one option of the events you can attend. It's not, not a must for everyone. It's not for everyone because it's expensive and it's a, it's overwhelming amount of events. And then, yeah, you have many events that take place every single day uh, for, for a week. And you could choose to go to these different events. And these events are not far from each other. They're walking distance from each other. And they cover everything from, uh, you know, sustainability ecosystems to women empowerment to um, global warming to, um, you know, what's happening in the future of crypto and, and crypto, you know, and, and metaverses, like, all topics that can, you can imagine gets covered by some really important people. Awesome. Awesome. Gil, quick question for myself. What is the darkness retreat that you're going on? What is the purpose of that? It sounds kind of scary. It is definitely scary. I'm scared at least. Maybe some people are not. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it, it's something that a few of my friends have recommended that I'm, I'm I, I have delayed it for a very long time. Um, some people might have heard of Vipassanas in the past. Maybe some of your listeners, Vipassana is a way to uh, step into a space for a period of time with no human interaction uh, at all, um, without writing anything, without reading anything. You know, just be by yourself in your mind. That's it. Me, myself, and I. And I've taken it to the next level, and I took recommendation from one of my friends to do this in the dark. So you're literally in the dark. And uh, I'm doing this to see how I can uh, um, allow some of my senses to even go stronger. I can allow my mind to quiet down. My mind is very active. I'm always connecting with people online, offline, always thinking new ideas, new opportunities, wanting to serve people. Uh, I'm, I'm able to meditate, but I don't do it enough. Uh, so this would push me to an extreme. Um, and it pushed me to, towards my fears because. Um, you know, I've always been afraid of the dark from a very young age. As an adult, I'm able to overcome those fears. But still, 
I, 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 you know, some of those fears will come out if I'm sitting in the dark all by myself without a flashlight. I have my phone. I could turn it on if I want to, but I'm not going to. I'll be in the yeah. dark for a few days. I love that. I love that. So uh, does anybody have a quick question? We're getting some in the messages. Um, so on mute. Sam. Yeah, I just had a quick question around how intentional. Now, say someone's starting out or wanting to do some networking. It seems like, a. I mean, a lot of the references are pretty broad. But to get specific, um, would you say you should be very intentional? I want to go here and meet this person. Or is just showing up to a place on a regular basis going to build a, a community around you? Um, so I guess, yeah, just your thoughts on intentionality or... Um, is just showing up to the same place. I guess I've heard that before. If you show up to the same place enough, you're going to end up building a community there at the same time or something along those lines. I guess your thoughts around that. Yeah, it's a great question, Sam. You know, so it, 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 there's two strategies there. The one is um, all of my networking has intention. So I highly recommend all of you, um, as you leave the house to go towards an event or as you're walking into an event, have a reason why you're there. Tell yourself a reason. Why am I coming to this event? And give yourself two or three reasons why you're there because many people, unfortunately, tend to give themselves reason why they should not be there. Yeah, and that's awful. Give yourselves a few reasons why you're there, why you're coming, who you hope to meet, who you want to manifest into your life, you know? So that's something that I've turned into a regular habit. It's really, really important. Just have a reason to be there. Have a why. Um, And then have a who. So with you, Sam, you know, going to the same place again and again and the same community again and again, sure, if you really like that community, don't do it just because it's near your house and it's in proximity and it's convenient. Or if it's a community of people that, hey, I know these people because my brother's friends are there or many of my friends are attending it, so I'm very comfortable there. And, you know, they all live in the same neighborhood, so it's very easy for me. Um, Again, for me, becoming a networking master requires you to step into the uncomfortable. You know, and the uncomfortable, it's considering new events, considering new communities. And it starts with having networking goals. Networking goals are very specific. I do this with all of my clients. If any of you need some help with this, feel free to reach out to me. LinkedIn, Instagram, anyone who's listening, just send me a voice message. We're like, hey, Gil, these are my top three networking goals for 2023 or for the next three months. What do you think? And you'll see how messed up most of us are. We don't even know who we want to manifest into our lives. And then we complain that we don't meet the loved ones. We we complain that we don't meet the right employees. We complain that we're not getting the right job opportunities because we're not asking to meet very specific people. So Sam, make sure that repetition helps. It's like going to the gym and working a muscle. So you're showing up to the same business club every single month. It's great because that's the whole idea of joining a club, paying a membership and showing up. Showing up is a huge part of networking, just this idea of showing up and how you show up. So are you showing up with energy? Are you showing up looking good? Are you showing up with confidence? Are you showing up to serve? Are you showing up to inspire? Are you, are you showing up to just complain? Are you showing up to just take, take, take from others? Are you showing up for the free food? You know, people show up in different ways to different events. That's why I believe in paid events. That's why I really believe in paid communities, paid associations, paid business clubs. And the more expensive it is, usually the higher quality of people you have there who want higher quality networking. Perfect. Thanks for diving in on that.
Awesome. And we have a question uh, messaged in, and it was basically, uh, you know how you have the concept of the five people who you surround yourself with the most, you're going to be like them and they'll raise you up or bring you down. Um, If you're trying to get intentional about those people, what do you do when you're looking at events? Because you've probably seen so many different events. You named off like 25 different ones. How do you know what's good and what's bad for that person? I know everything's individualistic, but essentially the question was, how do you locate the right event? So, yeah, there's multiple questions in what you just asked. So, first of all, let me give you an example of what I do. Very simple habit. I know I'm going to Dubai at specific times of the year. Dubai has become my second kind of uh, location to visit, especially during covid I've been there now nine times. I've spent almost three months in total in Dubai in the last two years. That's a lot for me. But it became my business playground. Every time I come to Dubai, my team knows already to do it in advance. I call them my networking angels. My networking angels know in advance to do a full audit of the Dubai events market. I want to know about every event that's taking place while I am there. Now, I'm not going to attend all of them, but how cool is it to be registered at all these different events and that all these new art galleries that are opening up, suddenly they have me on their list and they want to invite me to their art galleries. And I might show up. I don't know. You know, it's great. And suddenly I find out about, oh my God, one of my friends is speaking on stage there. Let me see if I can contact that friend, ask for an introduction. And wow, I also got on stage. Great, fun. And, you know, I've been on more than 30 different stages in, 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 in the past year in Dubai. And some of them I got paid for, but some of them I just came to Dubai for one speech, but I was there for a week. Hey, I might as well do more, three more speeches. No problem. So there's a way to audit what events are happening out there. You can even pay someone like a freelancer, five, $10, and they'll do the research for you. There's a lot of websites to find which events you're into. So I have a brief, like I want events connected to entrepreneurship connected to philanthropy, connected to, um, you know, blockchain, metaverse, crypto, connected to personal development. Like, and I'm not interested in events connected to oil and gas. I'm not interested in events connected to jewelry. I'm not interested in events connected to homeware. You know, I'm just, uh, my team already knows which events don't even show me because they have zero interest. And then they highlight things for me. I systemize this, guys. I'm at a different level. So they highlight some things in green, Gil, attention. We really think these are very interesting for you because the list would be in a hundred sometimes. And some things are in yellow. Gil, this is interesting. We reached out to the organizer. We don't have an answer yet. Or red is usually, we put it on there, but we're happy to take it off the list, you know, because maybe it's not relevant. So my team already knows. And then what needs to be in that, what needs to happen is you need to experience events. You don't have to go to events every day. But, you know, when I went to Dubai last year, I went in October to Dubai and it was a focus to go and learn as much as I can about the world of crypto, NFTs and metaverse. I I was new at this. I didn't know enough. I went to an event every single day. Yes, it was overwhelming. Yes, it, it took a lot of my energy and not that much money because most of these events are free and most of the food and then drinks, everything is free, even though I don't drink alcohol. But, you know, water, tea, it's all free anyways. And It's great because I got to meet a lot of people in the space. And suddenly, one year later, many people in the world of crypto and metaverse and NFTs know me. They know me as a super connector, as a space, because I did that. I dedicated a month to go crazy and go deep. 
So I don't know who asked the question, but there's so much complexities of the time of their life. Why are you choosing to go to events now? Is it to meet friends? Is it to, to go and look for business partners? Are you looking to meet clients? Depending on your answers, I would say go to a different kind of an event. You can have a different strategy. The way you dress, the way you start a conversation can have small iterations. That's what I tell people that networking could be as simple as, you know, walking out of the house and walking to a networking and starting a conversation or networking could be a little bit more complex. But you could ask yourself, hey, what is my networking strategy? And actually outline it before taking action and then saying, could I do it differently? Could I learn from someone else how to do it better? And then it starts becoming very interesting because you're like, hey, how can I get ready differently? That, what, what does that mean to get ready for a networking event? Well, I could do some research and I could do some research on who's the event organizer and make sure I know them my face. And when I show up at an event, I'll look at them and say, hey, thank you very much. Appreciate you taking so much effort in organizing the event. That's it. It's really nice to be able to walk up to an event organizer and say, thank you. You know, don't start a long conversation with them. There's a lot of tricks and hacks on why you can come back to them two or three times during the event when they don't seem stressed. And you can ask for advice. You can ask for a recommendation. You could say thank you one more time. You can maybe be invited by them next time. There's a lot of hacks there. There's, you could do research on seeing what kind of, who's attending the event and choose to invite other people in your network to the event. I love inviting others to events with me. I love it. It's a, it's a superpower. To be able to show up to any event I want to and not show up alone. Think about the power of that, of being able to, you know, we wanted to go on vacation with the kids, so an island around Bali, but instead of going alone, I messaged some parents in the school and suddenly we have 15 different parents. We have 15 different families coming with us. That's cool. You know, I don't have to go alone. My kids can play with other kids. It's amazing. So every event you go to has details. And I would say that, Look into the details with a little bit of attention. If you do this three, four, five times, you'll start seeing these details of what do I do before the networking event? What could I do differently at the networking event? And what could I do after? How can I follow up with people on LinkedIn? How can I connect with people? How can I contact the event organizers and give them a recommendation on LinkedIn and then ask them for the next one? There's these very simple steps that just take you one, two minutes a day. That's it. And you become really, really good at it. Uh, that's incredible. I love how you went into the depth of understanding what you're looking for. And through that, it allows the other people to kind of figure out what their strategies are. That's awesome. So because I know Jordan, you know, what you just said is so important because actually knowing what your reason for being there is allows you to also tell other people. It's a very good networking tool to tell people, hey, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking for a new marketing advisor or marketing strategist to join my team. If by any chance you know someone here, please let me know. It's a really good hack on how to end the conversation with a boring person, telling them who it is that you want to meet. They understand it's not me. And then you move on. It, it's like a win, win, win. That is incredible if you get caught in a bad conversation. <laughs> Tell them who you want to meet. They'll, they'll get the message that it's not them. <laughs> Um, so I know we got a couple minutes left. Does anyone else have any questions? I want to make sure we can get around to these different people. Um, e Igor, I know you're still here. Do you have anything? Step away. 
I don't know if Zach and Roya and Alex, I guess you know all these people. Yeah, we got Alex, Clara, Madison, Roya, Sam already asked. Zach, iPhone, and then Zoom user. I saw Zoom unmute for a second. I just want to give it a second in case anybody has any questions. By the way, I don't know who you all are, but why are all of you here without any Zoom, even a picture? Like, oh, why do you all have, like, the Zoom default uh, profile? Come on, ladies and gentlemen. Like, this is, got the profile. This, is, this is simple networking 101, Zoom ethics. Have a profile photo when you join these calls. Uh, you know, don't have yourself a Zoom user or a Zach iPhone 3. Like, come <laughs> on. That's a very, it's like COVID taught us this, that we might as well get that right. Yeah, so this is simple Zoom networking ethics. No, that's true. That's true. It does allow for us to really understand who a person is without them even having to express themselves. Sure. Networking doesn't start when you start the conversation. Networking starts in our minds. So allow well, people to networking with you before they even talk to you. And, you know, like Delaney's turning on her video, just, you know opens things up suddenly and like wow who's Delaney I'd love for her to follow up yeah exactly Delaney do you have a question you answered two of my questions I've been listening. what I love everything I think I missed it what'd you say no I said I asked my two questions oh yeah, yeah. well I mean, you know so if, if any of you have more questions I, I'm I'm the only Gil Petersil in, in the world. You know, it's easy oh, wow. to find me. Yeah, it, it, Google my name. There's only one. I've had a few times some fake accounts on Instagram. It's really interesting, actually. What, what does it mean when you have a fake account on Instagram? Like, I, I've learned. So if you're looking for me on Instagram, please make sure you either use the link or you use the right spelling because these some of these, uh, these hackers, not hackers, I guess they're fake accounts. They just misspelled my name. And I feel bad because they're asking people for money. And it's like so bad, you know. But if you want to connect with me because you need a hack, if you want to connect with me personally, leave me a one-minute voice message. And then I will leave you a one-minute voice message myself. You know, it's me. So it's not just my team. I'm constantly looking for more entrepreneurs to work with. I'm constantly looking for more events to join, to be able to facilitate an audience, to help an audience network live right there in front of me. It's something that many event organizers need me to do. If I can inspire a team, I had a network internally in a stronger way, please feel free to reach out and let me know. If you're looking to join some powerful masterminds or master heart sessions for 2023 because you're looking to grow yourself to the next level, you're looking to go global, you're looking to refine, restart, and relaunch yourself, feel free to reach out. Absolutely. Gil, thank you for taking the time to do this and also pushing me to have this live podcast. It's a very interesting, I feel like I'm going to get messages afterwards of them saying stuff, but it's, uh, it's been a cool opportunity for you to push that to open up and thank you for extending the time. I know you got to go, but I really appreciate it. You got it. Thanks a lot, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for reaching the end of the podcast. For that, we'll give you a complimentary coaching session in the link below with Edwards Consulting. 
Hope to see you there and have a great day and keep clocking in.